What's up, everyone? This is a special live episode of Spawncast, actually. So it's all it's all live and un, uncut and unfiltered and everything. But right now we have two people with us. You know Evan, of course, as always, also known as Kimricks. Hey, and I will try to keep the mental filter up. Yeah. <laughs> and then we also have uh, returning guest, Philip. Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, we do have Game Over Jesse in the title. Uh, he's running a little late, so he will he well, he should enter the episode at some point as we go along here. But otherwise, we'll uh, we'll just kind of continue as we go. And and when he shows up, he shows up. Um, we'll be answering and checking out some of your guys' chat as we go along, mostly towards the end though. And at that point, we'll kind of we'll kind of take questions and stuff from the audience and see what we can see what we can answer from there. If you have any questions for Philip, you can ask him actually. So I don't have, Philip. Have you done any like live? Um, live broadcast stuff at all or anything um i only played around with it for a little bit just one time actually when i got to new york uh like the first day i went straight to the nintendo store and i just did this live stream from my phone (laughs) oh wow Um, yeah it was like really like like throwing myself in the fire you know but it was great it was cool i think like uh 800 people showed up which was pretty insane uh, my hands were shaking, which was also fun. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you, have, uh, you have to hold your camera, right? You have to hold the phone while you're doing it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when I watched it back, it actually, I think it was okay. It wasn't too bad. What's up, Wesley? Good to see you, man. Thanks for coming to the chat. Oh, he said, notice me. Yeah, <laughs> you'll see that a lot. Uh, that's good. Did you, let, let me ask you, did you get a chance to go out to that, that uh, YouTube spot in New York at all? Um, yeah, I tried to get in. Um, I know we talked about it. You, uh, you told me on Twitter, I should check it out. And I was like, that is a fantastic idea. Cause there's some massive construction happening outside of my apartment. So it's mm-hmm. been such a pain to like actually time that with filming. I've been like filming like at such odd hours at five o'clock in the morning. So when you were like, oh yeah, YouTube space, I was like, oh my God, I think I qualify for that now since I have over 20,000 subs, mm-hmm. which I do. But, um, so I, so I figured it out. Like you have to take this whole test. And I got halfway through it um, because it's it's a little long, um, but I decided to just like kind of go and scope it out before I even started. Um, so I went over there and I got to the point in the elevator where you needed a key card to get in. <laughs> so unfortunately, I couldn't get inside, but I am planning on checking it out and making that vlog. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, there were some there were some videos of it. And it was pretty cool. You go in, they have like like broadcast like quality cameras, and they have green uh, they have like green walls, not really screens like cloth. They have actual walls, and and it's like merged down and curved, so you stand on it, and you can have like a really nice looking green screen effect. Or it, it was pretty cool. I, it looked really neat. They had like those swiveling cameras that kind of go along the ceiling and everything. Yeah, um, it, yeah. And they had just a ton of food there. So, <laughs> but. Um. That's the main it, reason. Yeah, yeah it, it looked good. It did. It looked really cool. I, I would like to try it. I think it's, I guess New York's the closest one to me. Um, I was hoping they would put one into Philadelphia, but New York is like two and a half hours from me. So it's not yeah, yeah, terrible. cares far. about Philly. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, that's fine. Though. That's fine. That's fine. So did you guys uh, play anything this past week? Um, I've been playing a ton of Lego City Undercover. That's been like my go-to game, that and Graceful Explosion Machine. I mean, pretty much every single time a new Switch game comes out, that's kind of my focus. Um, but sure. I never played the original um, on the Wii U, so this was like a brand new experience for me. And like having it on the Switch was, you know, of course, such a treat. <laughs> yeah, so, did, you, did, you, um, did you play co-op with it at all or just do mostly single player? No, I've just been doing single player, um, okay. but I did accidentally activate the co-op, so I got a chance to kind of like mess around with it by myself. 
and it looks like it works really well um as far as like how it looks aesthetically i don't know exactly how it plays that but. sounds that sounds really really that sounds like really uh like sad playing like co-op by yourself <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> like i just picture like like a sad violin playing in the background while you're doing it. just me and my dog <laughs> over here <laughs> like now, I've, I've seen some uh, i've seen some video of the co-op and it looks really cool like it's like the the one joy con actually works really well for that game so nice it's a little surprising you wouldn't think that a one joy con worked very well for that game but yeah it works fine yeah, if, if you never played the original on the Wii U, I would definitely say if you're looking for a good like open world game to get into after Breath of the Wild, this is this would be a good one to to pick up. It's not too like babyish, you know. It's not too kiddish. Yeah, I, yeah the the um the what you call it, the the humor is really good in it too, and it's it's on I think all systems now. It's on the Switch, PS4, X1, and PC now. That's what I was really oh, excited it's about. It's on everything. Yeah, like the day and day release with PS4 and and Xbox, like it was such a big deal, you know. So yep, yep great so i'll uh i i still need to get that but i was playing persona 5 for a good bit so i've been stuck on that now <laughs> how is that are you enjoying it you know what it's it, it really is good the story is is a little crazy when you first start because they don't explain anything and they throw you they throw you completely into the, like the fray like instantly you're most persona games you end up playing for like three hours before you do any combat and in this one you're doing combat in, like the first 15 minutes Oh wow, that's good. So, but it, it's one of those games where it's not to spoil anything, but you start and then you have to remember back, so you end up like remembering back and playing through like previous events before you start up. Okay. But it's been it's been fun. It's very very stylized, like more so than any other Persona game. Does but, it play a lot like um, Persona Four Golden did? Like, is it that same exact sort of engine and style um, type of game? Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean. It, it plays the same like battle wise where you have a persona and you try to pick weaknesses and you get one more as you go along like you hit you hit a weakness then you get to go again and you hit a weakness you get to go again okay um, and it overall though i've only played so much of it a couple hours now but it's it's pretty fun i like the visual style too it has like a really nice looking like like almost anime cell shaded look to it and uh it, it plays well on the ps4 so it's there's no hitches or anything when i'm playing it but if you like persona you, you will like it a lot it's probably the best persona game they've made so far based on all the reviews that's awesome that's exciting i'm i'm really excited to check it out i loved persona 4 i, n- I never like finished it i never got a chance to finish it but i mm-hmm. really dug into it for like i don't know i think i put like 40 hours into that game so it's See, great my, my favorite one is persona 3 um on the ps2 oh and yeah I, I don't know if remember that one when it came out it, it had like a box set and it came with um the game and then like an art book and everything so atlas does a really good job with with uh, with their their say their releases their physical ones this one had like a steel book which was pretty cool that's awesome um, and uh, but I think that was like a limited time thing so I don't I don't I don't know how long that's going to be going on sales wise but it, it's it's good looking it's just I don't like their their practices I mean we talked about it a little bit right where you have to you have to record so much like the gameplay and then cut it off I think it's like ninety minutes. And uh, you kind of have to stop there and then record again, and you can't record past a certain point. I think it's like seven seven, or they'll strike your channel down. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's that's a little crazy to me. Evan, did you see that at all? What the? Uh, I guess the stuff they've been putting out to tell uh, YouTubers like what they can and cannot do. I mean, I've caught glimpses of it. I know one of my old friends who had a pretty big YouTube channel. He started streaming, I guess, back with, or rather, I guess, recording video for the Wii U with Star Fox, and even that had, like, a list with it. Yeah. That was just, like, you can only have your videos be X amount of time long, you can't go past this point. Like, they've been pretty adamant about that for a long time now. 
Yeah, I think I think they're just worried about people spoiling the story, which I, I can under I can get behind oh, that. Yeah, I um, mean, but... even my friends local to me are like, oh, I don't really want to pay forty dollars for this game when I can just watch someone on YouTube play it, and <laughs> I mean, that's kind of counterproductive yeah. to the company that made the game. Yeah, I think it was more so their their threats to to everyone, <laughs> like we'll we'll take your channel out if you do this. You know, it's like an or else situation. Yeah, um, but but, at, you know, but yeah. at the same time though, I mean, like if. If you're playing a game just for the story, I mean, I don't know if if that's something that game wants to hold on its shoulders. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think most people out there would, I, I'd hope, would play a game for the gameplay as well. You know what I mean? Like, I mm-hmm. I love a good story in a game, but if it if the game gets broken, if right. the story is spoiled for you, essentially, then I don't know what you know what that's to say for that game. So. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. I was talking about that in the video I made for that exact same thing where, where the gameplay should be important too. Well, that's but. the thing about the recording. I mean, you can easily just spoil a game. It's not like they're going to yell at you for spoiling it as much as they are going to show it to you. A lot of people seem to get everything they need out of visually seeing what can happen. They get right. those gameplay moments from watching the video and experiencing it through someone else. Whereas if you were just like, this is the ending, people are like, oh, that's kind of cool, but I still want to play it. Yeah, yeah, you would you would want to, especially in, in Persona 5, right in the beginning, you, you kind of see like you start off midway through the game, basically, story-wise, and then they recall previous events leading up to that point. So it's um it's one of those type of games. But it's uh, the story is definitely very complicated in the beginning where they don't explain anything to you, and, and I assume there's going to be a lot of little reveals that they probably didn't want to be spoiled so i can i can understand that but at the same point you're right gameplay is is pretty important yeah at least for me gameplay is definitely golden um <laughs> let me, um let me jump over here to the big the big news i guess of the of the day or the week i should say and that's the whole reveal of the scorpio and, and their specs now <laughs> this was this was kind of taken uh differently by a couple people there's some people who said it wasn't very powerful, and then they showed the the screenshot of it running Forza Six at sixty frames in four K with sixty six percent GPU utilization, which is amazing if you really consider that. Um, but then other people did some tests and found that it was it's it's essentially around what a GTX ten seventy is 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 are the visuals it's putting out, which is pretty solid for a machine that we hope is going to be five hundred dollars. Yeah, but. It's most likely not going to be $500. That is the fear. That is that is the ongoing fear right now is that it's going to be more. A lot of people are worried that it'll end up being six or $700. I saw a, um, I, I saw a, an article that said it's going to be more than $650. And if it's more than that, then they are, they are insane with their, their pricing strategy. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, to go above $500, you know, this generation, I mean, even $500 is, is really pushing it. But to go above that is just, I think, suicide. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the, the original Xbox launched at $500 in 2013. Yeah, and look how well that worked for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I would I would hope it. Uh, I would hope they're smart enough to know that push it out at, you know, $500 and, and try to get it try to get it in houses and households then because it's no way that thing is selling well over six hundred dollars when i have to imagine the ps4 pro gets a, a fifty dollar price cut to 350 in the holiday season right exactly i mean it's yeah, it, it. it's gonna get something you know some sort of a bundle some sort of a sweet deal you know but then again you know people are excited about the scorpio you know so uh, yeah Yep, I mean, the, well, that's the thing. The, the hardcore fans are excited about the Scorpio, but like the the mainstream, like mom and dads and stuff that really make up a, a very good chunk of each company's revenue. Like the mom who shops at Christmas time 
isn't going to know the difference between checkerboard patter upscales and true 4k there's going to see 4k on the outside of the box one's 350 one's 500 you know which one's you probably going to buy that's true very <laughs> so, very good point yeah that would, we still have tough. the whole thing of like and what games are coming out on it hanging over our heads i mean we talked about it last time with just yeah they seem to be like scrounging around for unique titles when the reality is i mean this is going to drop and you're just going to be getting the same titles mm-hmm. you're going to get anywhere else anyway i mean the scorpio the scorpio is not even going to have a, a connector on the back for the connect you'll have to buy a, a separate dongle for it that's like 40 bucks what yeah i'm not kidding they that you have to do that with the xbox one s now because they ended they had a promotion where they would give you a dongle for free if you would prove to them that you bought an xbox one s because they took the port off so you would send out, they would send you the cable and then you'd be able to plug your connect in. Keep in mind the connect's like a hundred bucks. <laughs> well, now they took that out of the Scorpio as well, apparently, because people are, uh, have shots in the back of the board and it's just not there. So the connect is, I think my, in Microsoft's head, just not alive anymore. It's just done. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and it's odd because this is the, uh, this is what the second generation where this happened. It happened with the 360 where it started out strong. And then it just died off, and it's the same thing here. You say it started out strong, but really, like how how skewed were the numbers of sales with the boxes of Xboxes that had Connect in it? Like it's sort of like the idea of Mario being the best selling game on NES. A lot of those Mario's came with a system. Yeah, <laughs> really did. That's true. But I mean, like when the three when the Connect first came out on the 360, it was just the Connect. It wasn't bundled, and uh, I mean, it, I think it sold pretty well just because it was a, a I guess a new idea on their side. Even yeah, though the the iToy yeah, did it. Yeah, but then they had that uh, that slim release where it was a slim yep. bundle with the Connect. Yep, yep. It was like a four gig with a with a Connect bundle and the controller. I think there was one, which is crazy. One of them didn't even come with a controller, and it was super cheap. I remember seeing it at Walmart because people would complain about it. What? Wait, yeah. it was an Xbox with just a Connect. It was an Xbox no One with just the Connect. I remember this, and it was only at our Walmart for a little while. But I remember people would come over to the store and complain that it didn't come with a controller, and it was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Wow, that's um, a horrible bundle. I mean, there was also a there was also a PS3 Slim that released uh, two years ago, and it had no hard drive in it. It had 12 gigs of flash memory. Oh yeah, that thing was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea how because you can't install anything to it. Like, uh, yeah, that that was the best part because even though even though you and I found out it was actually insanely quick to install because it would just dump the twelve gigs of flash onto a hard drive you would put in. Yep. It didn't come with a tray for the hard drive, <laughs> yeah. so you had to like call up Sony and actually figure out how to order one. Like, it's nuts. ridiculous. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> I, I don't understand what their thinking was there, but so. Richard at Digital Foundry was was invited to an offsite uh, spot to see the Scorpio. Said it ran perfectly. Um, they did turn everything to ultra settings. Apparently, that you would have comparable to a PC, 4K, 60 frames, and it used about 88% of the GPU, which means there's still some uh, some juice. I guess they can squeeze out of it. But overall, it looks like if they can put it out at $500, they would give people at least a reason to buy Scorpio for I assume third parties because there is no first-party games that I can see that are worth it. I think right now they have Crackdown 3, um, Phantom Dust, which is just a remake of the original Xbox version. And what's there's got to be something else I'm missing. I assume another Forza game because the, they they showed that off. It's probably going to be Forza 7. It comes out every other year. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, definitely the highlight there is Crackdown. You know, like for the, for the Scorpio, I think they're going to have to showcase that game, you know, at E3 on Scorpio running oh, you know. there's a there's sea of thieves that's the other one. Oh, there it is yeah yep. yeah yep, that one looks fun yeah so i don't know i mean 
cracked. I, I'm personally really excited for Phantom Dust. I'm a huge fan of the original. I know there aren't a lot of people out like out there that have played the original, but um, it's a great I, game. So to yep, see I that. You did? You're a fellow fan right, of yeah. Duster? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I played it on the original Xbox. I remember I bought it at GameStop for like 20 bucks on a whim, and I was like, wow, this game is actually really good. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. And the Xbox Live back then, too, like playing that on there was so much fun. Like they actually worked it out never, really well. I didn't, I didn't play it online at all. Oh, it was good. Like single player stuff. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, it was like four on four, two on two, or something like that, battle modes, you know. It was it was a really great experience. I think it's going to be a great game if they is it. Do you know is it a reboot or a remake? They're just completely remaking it. Um, I think they even found that some of the textures were still the 480p textures, just upscaled to 1080. <laughs> nice. <laughs> See, and this is this is the other problem I have. I remember I talked about this in a video that I did recently. Um, actually, it was a Scorpio one, and everybody in the comments was like, "I think Phantom Dust is is it's canceled. It's not coming out." They canceled it originally. And then they brought it back, but they have told like no one that it's coming back. Wow. <laughs> so I, I don't know what their strategy is with their first party games because the only things they have are those three games I've talked about, and every one of those games I believe is also coming to the PC. Wow. I mean, so do you think it's sit, sitting on some announcements, you know, for for E three or like a big Scorpio event? Or? I thought about that too, and the only reason they went to Digital Foundry is to get the specs out of the way. People were complaining that games weren't there. But they didn't go to Digital Foundry for games. They went there to show specs because Richard from Digital Foundry and them, they're all into frame rates and resolution and specs. And right. their, their audience is are the ones that are going to care about that, not necessarily the, you know, the thousands of people who are going to watch E3 when they present. I assume that they carved out that time for games and, and just showing stuff on a big screen there um, and not just putting 12 well, yeah. gigs we, up on we the hope screen. So like, I mean, they could show off like chunks of movies to be like, check out our 4k. And it's like, you're not a DVD player. <laughs> Stop. I don't know if they can make that mistake again. They got to talk about games. Like it's, it's just such a strange thing, you know, like that they're doing um, that, that Scorpio is like, coming out um so late in the game you know what i mean like it's exciting that we're seeing a new console coming from microsoft but they're like the ps4 already or the ps4 pro already came out um and it's had its time to shine and stuff and yeah it's a new year and like there's room for a new console but people are so excited about the switch right now it's flying off the shelves and i feel like um, a lot of people out there, like I was just looking through my uh, friends list on my PS4 and it looks almost empty. Like nobody is not nearly as many people are playing anymore. And I'm not saying that PS4 is getting like abandoned mm -hmm. for the Switch, but I know that a lot of my friends have are playing their Switch more often than like their Xbox or their PS4 or whatever. So I'm not sure how much thunder they're going to steal away from Microsoft with that. Well, I keep a, well I keep a, I keep an eye on the sales charts heavily for everything, Switch, PS4, everything. And right now the Switch is just running over the PS4 in Japan like badly. Wow. <laughs> like they are doubling and in some weeks tripling the PS4 numbers right now in Japan for the Switch. And if I told you the amount of Xbox ones that are selling in Japan, you would probably laugh. Like you would act, I think one week I looked I mean, I'd probably and the Xbox them. one <laughs> so let's let's say um one week i think the P, the x the switch did well it was like seventy eight thousand units sold the ps4 sold like thousand the xbox one sold like 36 36 like, like not 
like 36. <laughs> okay. Like wow. 36. Well, John, you and I, you and I have seen the pictures of like the stands and stuff in Japan that sell Microsoft stuff. And they just have signs on top. that's just like dog fecal matter and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Because they see it as like American garbage pretty much. And re- I mean, realistically, what games are on the Xbox one that would appeal to like the Japanese audience? You know, um, I mean, I remember yeah, back in so. the day playing uh, Halo 3 at uh, like 3 o'clock in the morning. I once ran into a group of like six Japanese guys that totally kicked you my ass. You found them. You found all six. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all six Xbox 360 owners <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> and they were incredible. Oh, my God. I don't know what they're doing over there, but they're good. Well, even the, even the 360, though, had RPGs. I mean, it had stuff that may appeal to, to the Japanese consumer. I mean, it had um, an Infinite Undiscovery. Yeah, the Vesperia. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of games on there that may appeal to the Japanese audience, whereas the Xbox One has like nothing, <laughs> like like seriously, not much at all. So it's it's tough for them right now. I mean, Phil Spencer, Phil Spencer decided, hey, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to Japan and talk to Japanese developers so we can try to pull people over. And I don't think it went well because nothing's happening. <laughs> yeah. So I think Microsoft's problem right now is they're trying to sell hardware with hardware rather than try to sell hardware with games. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. You, I, it's been proven so many times you can have the weakest console on the market, but you can still win if your games are good. I think the PS2 showed us that. The Wii showed us that in a weird, odd light because Wii Sports was so appealing to the mainstream that they just adopted it and that was it. Yeah, the Wii is, is such... It's almost like an, an anomaly, you know, it if is. you think about it. Yep. Um, similar to like what Pokemon Go um, was, yeah. <laughs> you know, like everyone was talking about the Wii. Every my grandparents were talking about the Wii, you know. So, and and hopefully, you know, I don't know if the Switch will ever get to that level of fame, but I definitely feel like they're they're on their way, you know, mm. with with mm. that. Yeah, I I think the Switch is is probably their best shot at the mainstream that's been in a long time. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's the way it is. But I mean, um, the Japanese market's all about mobile, right? So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the big thing they have there. I mean, there were pictures of of people bringing their Wii U with them on the train by hooking it up to a power source and then using just the tablet to play. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> it's um, it's that's the way it is there. I mean, they they usually try to stick to mobile stuff because if I if I understand this correctly, I've never been to Japan, but if if I understand correctly, they tried it in Japan. The the culture there is to try to keep. Like things like TVs down to a minimum, you only have so many in a household. Whereas here, I, I'm looking at three TVs in my basement right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's um they and and they're very big on cell phones and mobile gaming there, and that's that's not a bad thing. I mean the Vita, the Vita is is a beast in Japan. <laughs> is this still like, thriving over the there? Only- <laughs> And that's the only place that it really sells right now. Um, the 3DS and the Vita are killing it over there, um, over even the console counterparts. Um, not the Switch, really, because, again, the Switch can still be considered a portable system. And I, I think everybody knew that the Switch was going to kill it in Japan. That's that's not a secret at all. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm not surprised at all. I mean, given the fact that they are so into the portable market, like, you know, like you just said, the, the Vita's killing it over there still so like they 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 were probably the most excited to see a new um handheld coming from nintendo i mean not to say the switch is primarily a handheld but obviously like it has its handheld functionality so like that is it's really exciting you know to see that coming to that market and and i think that people in this market are starting to realize it's 
um, its appeal, you know, of being mm -hmm. able to sort of like take this thing on the go with us, you know, and, and sort of slide it into our docks when we get home and have that home console experience too. Yeah, so. it, it's the most convenient system I've, I've ever used. <laughs> yeah. It really like you can use it anywhere and without too much issue. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very happy with my Switch. How are we doing on Evan's Switch fund? <laughs> are we at, what are we at, Evan? $3.11? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> on our way, man. We're getting there. <laughs> how many quarters? How many quarters did we find on the couch yesterday? <laughs> uh, we'll get there, Evan. Yeah, we need to get Evan a switch. I'm still looking around, and none of the places around me have switches yet. So it's still it's still hard to find them. I will say that. Yeah. Every once in a while, every few days, the New York uh, Nintendo store here gets stock, and they just will tweet something out and. The second day, I mean, there's like still people waiting in lines, you know, like waiting as soon as that tweet comes out, they'll start lining up and it, it's it's crazy. So, yeah, I, I wonder how many of those people are, are scalping it, though. That's true. That's very That's true. My, my concern. The one guy gets up there and tries to buy eight. They say no. And then he gets like seven of his kids to come up and each buy one. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It happens a lot. I've seen it in person. So <laughs> it's uh, it is it is a shame. But I didn't even ask you what you were playing, Evan. I just assumed you were playing Gigantic. Yeah, I'm still trying to work. Because I, I told you I wanted to explore the idea of entering a gaming community rather than just, like, playing a game. So yeah. since it's a competitive game and since there is areas, I guess, where I could fill in information and run mm -hmm. videos, I actually started up my side YouTube channel from my art one uh, specifically for Gigantic at this point to do, like, player builds and information. Because uh, yeah, I told you, I had that one friend who, over time, uh, became a pretty big voice in the League of Legends community to the point where he actually announced at one of the tournaments. So I was okay. just kind of interested in that and how that could possibly happen. So I'm just playing around with that for now. Nice, nice. Um, but, yeah, that's good. So um, I don't know if you guys saw this. Evan, did you see the Secret of Mana collection? I know I'm sure Philip did. You sent me it, and then it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I've always you, been interested in that series. Did you see that, Philip? The Secret of Mana collection that that's hopefully coming out. I heard something about it, but I don't. Yeah, like I heard it was hopefully coming out. Nothing official yet. Is that the word? It's coming out in Japan. Um, okay. We still we still don't know if it's coming out in America with an English translation. Now it makes more sense to bring it over here than it does to leave it in Japan because it's never come out here. Um, whereas it's been, it came out in Japan, you know, for the Super Nintendo, but. The real question is, is it, I guess, is it worth them translating it? Would it, would it sell enough here? And I, I feel like it would, but I don't think they would make like crazy amounts of money on it. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Like if you look at I Am Setsuna, like I feel like that, that game is doing pretty decently. I don't know if you know the numbers on it, but um, like I, I still feel like the attachment rate for that is great, especially since it was one of the earlier games. It was a launch game, right? So, uh, yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, if, you know, if, if you see that, then I can't see why they wouldn't at least try to bring it over, especially if they're already bringing it to the Japanese market and they just have to add English translations. I know that, you know, that's not too difficult to do for a lot of game developers. So, Well, the, the interesting thing is it, it already exists. There, there already is an English patch for it. People made it. Like, just random people who get together, make patches for these things, not being paid at all by the company who makes the game designs these patches so you can play them in emulators so one already exists and it's really good um but there's no i don't i don't think they're gonna go out and use it but it also 
I mean, I guess they could use it. It really depends on if the fan community would just give it to them or if there would be any kind of money traded. That might be a problem. Yeah, that's true. But uh, it's definitely doable. If a bunch of people did it in their free time, I'm sure they could easily pay people to do it much faster. Um, But we'll we'll see. Now, the cool thing about Secret of Mana, the the first one and the second one has had multiplayer functions. And I feel like the Joy-Cons would be perfect for that because it has... It's like an action adventure rpg if you haven't played any of the secret of mana games philip it's it's very fun but they had three player and you'd actually use the multi-tap for the super nintendo oh really yeah yep and it was really cool and i feel like it would work well with the joy cons then maybe a pro controller synced up and it would actually work well on that tabletop mode because it you don't split the screen up everyone's just on the same screen at one time yeah that's there's no there's no split or anything yeah, that would be perfect. I, you know, the Switch's screen is as small as it is. So when the games like you know Fast RMX, I've played that in tabletop mode. Like that, it's it's okay. It's difficult when you're far away, but like when it's split up, it's not as great. So I'd love mm-hmm. to see like more party games like that that you play on like you know a single screen. So anything like that would be would be great. And I'm all about more JRPGs coming to the Switch. So. <laughs> yeah, that that system, the Switch would do really well with JRPGs. It's just like I'm playing Persona Five, and I can't help shake the feeling that man, I wish this was a portable game. Oh yeah, you could just get lost in that for hours, just grinding away. I, I feel like that's what the Switch is perfect for. It's perfect for games that you could just grind away in for hours. You know, like whether it's yeah. an RPG or you know a survival game or whatever. You know, that's that's what Breath of the Wild was. I think for a lot of people, it is for a lot of people. Yes, well, that's what, yeah. That's what uh, Monster Hunter was on the old PSPs oh, for everyone. Like, it's just how it works. Oh, dude, Monster Hunter on the Switch would be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, man. I, I can't wait for that. That's definitely going to come. And then I, Sky- ha- I have to imagine that's one of the games that's already marked up for E3. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be coming during E3. I, I'd have to imagine they're pretty far along in development on it. And I don't know, maybe we'll see it this year you think we'd see that this year it it has to be this year that and pokemon have to be this year i think i think those are the two big ones they can throw out there and then they'll move their their 18 million units or whatever they want to do in the first year if if they announce pokemon it's it's over that's really all they need right (laughs) so yeah yeah yeah. pokemon would do it that's it yeah man i mean that's that's what that's what really helped move the 3ds excel this christmas was uh was that and then um Monster Hunter Double Cross, I believe, XX came out in Japan, and it sold, I think, a million copies in its first week out on the market. A million in a week? That's, yeah. That's so it's, it's pretty ridiculous, yes. It's doing well, but Monster Hunter on the Switch, Pokemon on the Switch, in the same year would make the Switch impossible to find despite providing tons of units. You know, 18 million in, a, in, a, in the first year is really good. Yeah. It's just, it, 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 they got to bring those games, man. Yeah, and they're coming. Gotta bring those games. We're getting Mario Kart this month. I'm so excited for Mario Kart. I cannot wait. I think Mario that's Kart be so will much. be fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I just hope though that they you know do something with the uh, the online soon. You know what I mean? I'm really hoping for some sort of a patch um, before Mario Kart. But the closer we get there, the the more doubts I have that we'll get one. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know. But maybe in time for Arms, we'll stay hopeful. <laughs> who knows oh dude okay so arms was pretty cool now i i know you played it at that event too right philip oh yeah definitely so 
I'm, I've been looking more and more at ARMS just because I, I know that's like the next big one. I feel like that's coming out before Splatoon. I still think that. I think Splatoon's coming out after ARMS. Me too. Definitely. Um, and that's the next big one. I keep looking at it more and more, and it it looks more and more like a more complicated punch out, but I keep seeing it, and I'm like, man, this this game actually looks like really good. And the more I see it, and the visuals look very clean. Um, uh, and and the whole thing when I was playing it, I had to use motion controls. I really didn't want to, but they worked. They weren't like really, really like delayed or anything. And I played a guy who I guess didn't know what was going on, and he didn't do too well because I, I I ended up just swinging around and, and beat him, but I could tell that if I had taken my time because there's people behind me, you know, tapping their foot, waiting for me to get done. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I, I feel like if I could have taken my time and played around with it, that there was an actual intent while you're moving your arms around, you know, you're twisting them in a clockwise motion and stuff to, to punch around the person if they're blocking in front of them. Like that game's really deep. And I don't think, I don't think the videos that you, we've seen for gameplay have really shown that. No, yeah, the the videos that we've seen, I think, have totally painted the game like to be this very sort of pick up and play arcadey experience, and it and it probably is. You know, I mean, obviously, us playing it for the first time, we were able to get you know get a hang of it pretty quickly. Um, but I definitely agree with you. There's a lot of depth there, and the Joy Cons, the way like the the mo- they did the motion controls in them, they feel really good. They work really well. Like I don't know if you've played um, World of Goo. But like the the pointing function on it is just awesome. You know what I mean? It it totally doesn't need an IR sensor for that, and I know Arms wouldn't use it anyway. But I have total faith in that game. I think that there is a lot of depth to it. I'm personally um, interested in trying out like the actual button controls. Yes, um, yeah, I would like to try a pro controller with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or just playing it in handheld mode. Um, I think is going to be fun. Like hopping online and just you know battling against other people. It's going to be really cool. So all the item unlocks, I'm sure there's going to be like gear you get. So hopefully there's, there's depth there. The story's a little fleshed out, you know? Well, apparently they want to bring it to uh, like MLG or whatever the, the major league gaming stuff. Really? So apparently that apparently that's something they want to push to it. So it must have some depth to it. Otherwise they wouldn't. Oh my God. Let's do it, man. Let's get real good. Yeah. And all just compete. <laughs> Come pro gamers at yeah. arms. <laughs> it's like, yeah, um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'll say Evan. Um, Evan follows uh, that stuff like heavily, don't you, Evan? Uh, the pro scenes, I'm starting to. It's still tricky because there's like the social side to it that I'm really interested in, with like the teams and whatnot. That you have to kind of know each individual character on the team, like each player, and like things they've said or done in the past. So like it's getting kind of rough because I am trying to pick up on multiple groups mm-hmm. but like we'll have to see so let me ask you a question how would um how would nintendo go about getting um how would you talk about getting any of those into into the um the major league scene how would they work about any, getting any of them in any major league scene is just money that's it yeah if you have okay. the money to back it i mean that's the thing that got league of legends going is that they were able to put up million dollar tournaments within a couple days oh, wow. of the game Jeez. being out <laughs> oh, man. um so like that's what gets it going because then you'll have on the side of it you'll have people who 
know that the big names are going to be there. You also have people who realize that maybe this is how they can break out into, I guess, that side of media. So you'll have people freely shoutcasting these things and 100% completely cool, not getting paid doing it for a bit. And then maybe mm -hmm. it'll become something they can get paid for and you'll get people coming back. I know it was the same thing with Dota 2. Like there were a lot of people shoutcasting a lot of the tournaments without really asking for much money. And then all of a sudden they're now just getting paid as proper personalities in that game to run whole the whole tournaments and talk about everything so like that's really all it is they just have to throw money at it and it makes the scene huge and it'll get people into it it's all about money yep all about money so um we talked about the real quick we talked about that atlas i meant to say this earlier we talked about the atlas streaming restrictions um philip have you played puya puya tetris at all i have yes <laughs> it's okay. great um would you be shocked to know if the same restrictions that are similar to the one for Persona are also on that game? <laughs> I would. I would honestly be shocked because I don't understand what the problem is. It's a, it's a Tetris game. Like, it's a puzzle game. What are we going to spoil? I heard, like, is it the story? Are they afraid of spoiling the story? Yeah, well, here's the, here's the interesting <laughs> thing because it's not made by Atlas. Everyone thought Atlas was the problem with the other one. It feels more like it might be Sega who is having a problem with it. Because Sega owns either side there, whereas it's different, you know, subdivisions. There are Atlas on one side, and I'm trying to remember exactly who was doing Puyo Puyo Tetris, but it's not Atlas. And it's it's weird though because I don't, I just don't think that game would have anything to spoil, would it? I mean, I haven't played it. You have. Uh, maybe you can tell me if there's is there any story mode or something to it. There is a story mode. Um, I obviously I don't I don't read Japanese or understand Japanese. But um, the, it looks like there's stuff going on. There's like cuts, not real cutscenes, you know, like when in like uh, JRPGs, like when they have kind of cut out anime characters kind of pop up with text and talk to each other. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's basically what happens with the story. Um, and it feels a little bit like, you know, it's like levels, like level one, level two, three, four, five, and then you go to different worlds. So it, I don't know how much there is to spoil, but, mm -hmm. you know, I guess I can understand them trying to keep their their um you know intellect property safe or whatever so let me um let me jump over to another topic before we take questions from the audience so if you have any questions for philip evan or myself i guess get ready with them and we can kind of go through the, the text uh so today there was a report this is very interesting from uh a faltering gamestop have you guys uh you guys have kind of been following the decline of gamestop at all yes oh man those okay. poor guys <laughs> they, they first off they can't seem to win at all they keep they keep shooting themselves in the foot <laughs> it's karma it's karma i'm telling you <laughs> well today um this is funny kind of well not really compared to well well I'll let you guys you can you can tell me what you think um so apparently <laughs> they had a large amount of credit cards stolen from their servers Oh my gosh, are you serious? Yeah, and, and the real problem is, for some reason, either they were storing them, or there was a malware um, like keylogger on the site, and it was pulling those, you know how there's those three-digit numbers on the back of everyone's cards to keep them, I guess, quote-unquote, safe? Yeah, the SVC numbers. Yeah, the, yeah those, security thing. Those were, those were apparent, allegedly stolen along with credit cards, because GameStop was either storing them, which they're not supposed to, or they were being keylogged from the site with some kind of malware, malware that was installed on GameStop's site. Wow, that's insane. <laughs> yep, and, and here's the thing. This apparently, um, the breach 
took place or at least has a range of data somewhere from September of last year to February of this year. Oh my gosh. Yes. So if you have shopped at all on GameStop in the last four or five months and you used your credit card on their site, uh, you may want to check your balance and everything because if you look in um if you look in like the forum post because this blew up on reddit blew up on all the game facts forums people are saying that they're finding fraudulent charges on their statements now they're looking back oh man that's really scary that makes me want to go check my history (laughs) so it's like if you bought if you bought anything on there go check at least take a look to see if there's anything crazy going on Wow, that's I'm crazy. Good. We bought that. Uh, we bought that Pokemon Go thing in cash. We're fine. Yes, you you, you paid in cold hard cash. <laughs> How'd you go, man? Can't trust but GameStop with your credit card these days. <laughs> now there's yeah, but now there's an inherent problem. Um, because of that, because they may have stored those numbers, because uh, there's this big hack. Because remember, it happened to Target and Home Depot. Uh, this is a little while ago, and they offered everyone who had their stuff stolen, which, by the way, was encrypted credit card numbers. Apparently, what was stolen from GameStop may not have been encrypted, and it's for sale on the black market apparently right now. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, the, the yeah. whole list. Yeah, apparently there's um there's a couple there's a couple of uh, sites and blogs right now. One is run by a, a previous um, Washington Post writer and reporter. So he's like a credible person and he runs an entire site now that uh, reports on cybersecurity and stuff like that. And he has found apparently a lot of leads saying that this happened. And then today GameStop comes out and says, uh, we're investigating a potentially massive breach in our credit card information. Oh man. So they had to make that announcement today. Well, that's horrifying. Thanks for sharing that information. (laughs) I share share it in the hopes that I can help people so they can check their statement and cut that out quick. No, yeah, it's good. (laughs) Definitely. I'm definitely going to check it out because now I'm pretty nervous about that. Yes, (laughs) I would would check that out because it's – that's not good. <laughs> what are they gonna? Did they say anything about like preventing that in the future, or were they just like, "Sorry"? <laughs> uh, well, right now, all they're saying is that they are investigating. It's a, it's an investigation that is that is happening right now. Because if it is that large, um, uh, government officials and stuff would probably get involved as well. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's a big deal with all of that. Um, but it's it's not good because GameStop is already under fire for everything else, and now they have to worry about a possible massive massive credit card breach. Yeah, that's no good. That never never works out well for anyone. So we'll see. We'll yeah. See what happens. Um, this is almost worse than that Yahoo hack that happened a couple months ago. I feel I like. have to, I have to assume it's it's worse because those those um, security numbers were were stolen as well. They were they were stored or they were key logged or whatever. And the problem is once you have those and you have the information that's typed in with your address and your name, you can buy whatever you want online. <laughs> Yeah, like there's nothing stopping you. There's no person at a cashier's desk who asks for your ID. That's true. It's just check and go. <laughs> yeah, because at that point you're just buying PS4s all over the place or switches if they're in stock. Man, you're smart, Evan. Cash only from GameStop yeah. nowadays. Basically, <laughs> Evan, Evan just hides his cash in, the, in his mattress. <laughs> there it's you the go. Only safe place. Is that yeah. that's what, keep it with the rest of the Switch fund, right? <laughs> <laughs> So yes, I would. Uh, what's interesting is I remember hearing about this a long time ago. I have I haven't tested it in a while, but apparently, if you call your credit card company, they will provide you with like a temporary number to use online if you don't feel safe using your card somewhere. Okay, that's cool. That's good yeah. to know. Um, but uh, so that's that's that. Uh, let's see. I guess we can open it up for some questions. 
uh, to the audience here, this this awesome uh, bunch of people here who are watching us. So let's see what uh, let's see what people in the chat are talking about. Do you guys have the chat window up? Yeah, yes. the chat window up. I know there were there have been a couple people talking. Someone asked if we were going to get a Patreon for our thing together, and I mean we're working on that. I guess still. That'll happen eventually. Yeah. yeah, we. I mean, I have the page built. I just have we, not we hit wanna, that publish button yet. Yeah, we just want to make sure it's <laughs> good enough for people. Yes, I have not hit the. It is. It is seriously done. I just have not hit the button to make it live yet. So I need to figure out something cool to put on it for you guys. That's about it. Um, yes. Yeah, so Dragon. Okay, Dragon Quest. Yes. So. Um, oh, do I like? Fa- yeah, Fast RMX is very good. I don't know if you played it as well, Philip. Right, Fast RMX. Oh yeah, yeah. I love Fast RMX. That's like top probably three favorite switch games right now i keep coming back to that game almost on a daily basis um i just wish that it had a bigger online community and i heard that the the developers were actually updating it pretty soon to add some new modes in and also to like update the whole online functionality where you can start inviting your friends so if you haven't picked it up get it if you like f-zero it's good it's really good yeah Definitely. It has that um it has that like that um what is that I- that Ikaruga kind of feel where you have to try to change colors based on what you're running over. Oh yeah. It's like a, it's almost like a rhythm game. You yeah, know what I mean? There's levels of rhythm game in it. Cause I know they had uh there were a bunch of games that came out similar where it was like a pseudo racing game, but the high score was based on how many hits of the song you get on the track. I can never remember what those ones were called though. Like there were just a few of them that came out one year, then that company vanished. So I see this. I see this happening here in the chat as well. Um, so you saw Snake Pass, Phil? Did you get that at all? Did yes. Okay, you I did. did. I did. Um, have you seen any of the comparisons for the Switch and the PS4 and the Xbox version? I haven't. No, but I'm interested to hear about it. Okay. So the Switch version runs better than you'd expect compared to the PS4 and the Xbox One. The PS4 version does not run at 1080p. What? Yeah. Neither what? does obviously. Neither does the Switch. If the PS4 doesn't run at 1080p, the Switch doesn't. Obviously. Um, so neither of them run at 1080p. They both run at a sub 1080p. It's some weird, like super weird resolution too. It's not a normal one, but I assume it's to the point where it will scale, so it doesn't really matter the way it looks. Um, anyway, it runs well. It's missing a few things here and there, um, but they both run around the same. Uh, and the reason for that is one, the physics engine is super taxing on the CPUs for both. So that's why I don't know if you saw any of the video where each where the snake is made up of a ton of tiny little like balls, basically physics balls. And that's why it can bend and move the way it does. And like its tail is lighter than its head, for example. Right. Um, anyway, sense. anyway, it's it's running on Unreal Engine 4, which is heavily scalable. And we see that with Snake Pass. That is by far the best example right now for the Switch and the PS4 and the Xbox One. And what's great about Unreal Engine 4 is it's very easy to develop for, and it does scale between hardware for performance. And what's interesting is right now, Dragon Quest Eleven that everyone's talking about, that everyone's worried about, is also running on Unreal Engine 4. Huh. So the reason people are worried about it, though, is because Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2 does not run well on the Switch, but it runs fine on the PS4. But that game, I believe, is not built on Unreal Engine 4, whereas Dragon Quest Eleven, the game that everybody's waiting for right now because it looks really good, is running on Unreal Engine 4, so it should have that performance scalability that we see with Snake Pass, for example. Good, yeah, that's good. Because, I, yeah, I played the other Dragon Quest, the demo, um, 
that's available right now on the Japanese eShop on the Switch. Yes. And it's it, I can't I can't even believe they put that out, to tell you the truth. It runs so bad. You know, like the frame rate is so, so janky. Um, but like you said, it's not running on Unreal 4. And like you said, it's it's so scalable. And I know that the Switch um, obviously can handle like, you know, big games, open world games. I mean, look at, you know, Breath of the Wild. I know it's a completely different engine, but still it's it's got some some power in it, you know. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I, I think that it's going to be fine, you know. Mm-hmm. The the biggest advantage the Switch has is a slow level API. The fact that it does support Vulkan, NVN, and Unreal Engine four all in one chip like that is is pretty impressive. Uh, and they just gave them the tools. Obviously, Unreal Engine four is probably the best thing to use if you want to develop for the Switch right now because it will scale between hev- heavily different uh, like power scales. Obviously, as we see there. Um, but I mean, Snake Pass even runs great in handheld mode, which is cool. Yeah. I just saw another good one. Okay. There was another one I just saw in the chat. It was about okay, which um, it's early, but what? Uh, who do you guys think will have the best E three showing? Ooh, that's a really. I know, good I know it's early, and there's going to be stuff coming out, so we can always change our we can always change our answers as we get closer. Yeah, um, honestly, and I'm not being biased because I have a Switch channel, <laughs> but I, I honestly think that Nintendo is going to have the most impressive showing just because I still feel like they're sitting on a lot of really exciting announcements for E3 um, or just around the E3 time. I think they're going to have a direct and they're going to do their own thing. Um, but I really think that we're going to hear a lot about like virtual console. I really think that we're going to hear a lot about um, we're going to see more Mario. We're going to see like new games that we, you know, that haven't even been announced yet. It's a lot of surprises. So um i just feel like if they don't do that it's mm-hmm. it's it's gonna be bad news for them you know mm-hmm. so sure um and uh what, what's what's the game you would want them to announce at e3 i'll just follow up with that honestly uh i know this is kind of a stretch but i really want to see a metroid be announced. I, I don't think that's a stretch at all i think that's coming i i think that would be a massive mic no. drop moment <laughs> i think they could just be like and by the way metroid and it would it would that's all people would talk about you know what I mean? Like for the rest of the show, unless someone else comes in with something else. I mean, it's such a hardcore game. It's such a highly anticipated franchise, you know? So Well, I already explained that they, they end the show with uh, with like an exit trailer and it just has Samus turning and looking at the, the, the screen and then it ends. So Yeah, I see that. Totally. You do something like that. But um, Evan, out of, out of who, who do you think would have the best E3 this year? Well, with how the narrative is going, it's probably going to be Nintendo, honestly. But probably it would be more interesting if, like all the all the issues we've been talking about with Xbox and their lack of games and how kind of not keeping up Sony is to, with a lot of their fan base, like in terms of what they probably want as well. Mm-hmm. Like, what if it just spins around and Xbox is just like, oh, these are all the partnerships with these companies we picked up, and just like hucked out all these titles that we didn't even know were possible it, it won't happen though but i think that'd be a wonderful thing to just have that kind of 360 spin around to be like oh well it's no longer just about the one console that's been winning these past couple months like we actually have stuff happening now too but i feel like those companies are in such pain or specifically microsoft is in such pain now that they they probably wouldn't wait on an announcement at till e3 to be like oh look at us we're over here so we'd probably yeah. hear before then. Yeah. But so, at this yeah, at this point it's probably just gonna be like in all honesty, just Nintendo kind of scooping so, the board again. 
This is pretty. Yeah, this is pretty much Nintendo's E3 to to lose, pretty much because they have the most to reveal. There's more. Most of the questions are being asked about Nintendo and their Switch. Which games are coming out that aren't on that list right now? Because we hear rumors of Pokemon Stars. Apparently, that's happening. We hear rumors of Metroid. We even hear rumors of Resident Evil making their way over to like Resident Evil Seven making its way to the Switch. We hear rumors of this interesting VR idea. So there's there's a lot of stuff. Monster Hunter. Capcom has done nothing but drop hints of Monster Hunter. The, the main lead director said, enjoyed on the 3DS first. He said, so first. I think <laughs> yeah, I think they show up there and they do things like show us Monster Hunter, like show us Pokemon, like show us a uh, the, the, the online service. We still don't even know how the online service is going to work. Yeah. yeah. And I have to imagine that's at E3. You know, I, ho- I have to imagine that is completely defined there. Um, and maybe they show off GameCube games or something that are remastered. There's a lot of a lot of stuff Nintendo has going for them right now that you don't usually have at an E3 unless you are showing a new system. And unfortunately for Microsoft, their new system is basically a souped-up Xbox One, so there aren't going to be new games or anything. I mean, it has the same processor as the Xbox One, just slightly overclocked, so it, it really isn't going to be able to play different games. It's going to play the same games in 4K, so unless they show up with some kind of exclusives for it, which they won't because everything they put out is going to go to the PC as well. And Sony is going to show up with what I assume to be third-party games that will really just be on the PlayStation, much like how, think of like how Persona is only on the PlayStation, but it's not Sony making it. You'll see stuff like that happen. Right. Um, I just don't I, don't, I don't know what Sony would show up with uh, because their first quarter has been so strong. Um, I'm not really sure what they would show off, but th- I mean that's that's the fun part of E3 is that some of the surprises that happen are things you don't expect. Um, so I hope Sony shows up with surprises. They have the most force base out of everyone, so they have plans. Do you think we'll see more? Um, they PSVR? just have one giant statue sitting in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, to be fair, Nintendo did rent out a massive space and just showed off Breath of the Wild one E3. <laughs> so yeah, and they did awesome with that too. Everyone loved it. Oh no, yeah, it was definitely the best game there. But um, when you get into the the variety that Sony shows up to a, a you know convention like that with, a lot of times Sony ends up winning because they have so much stuff to show. Whereas this year, Nintendo has all like ninety percent of the floor space that Sony has, so they're like dead even almost. Yeah. Um, and you'll see Nintendo show off their big guns, I assume, to push twenty million switches this year. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Yeah, so but, that is that is my thought about E3. I went on a little bit, but that's my that's my thought. <laughs> so I, I do that. I end up talking a lot sometimes. <laughs> you just have to stop me sometimes. Um, <laughs> oh, that was the other thing I, I meant to say. Um, Metroid does not sell super well in Japan. It sells better in the United States, but overall, I think it would still help to um, bolster the lineup. Just just as one other thing to be like, oh, it also has Metroid. Oh yeah. Definitely, it would it yeah, would add so much. What do you think is the downside in Japan for Metroid? Is it just the character or the theme of the universe? Because I mean, they could just reimagine it again and create something incredible. In I that think it's genre. I think it's more because it's sci-fi. Yeah, I could see that. Is my thought um, on that? If I had to take a guess, I believe that's the case. It's not. Uh, it, you know, it's not. I don't want to say like like anime or something, but it's it's definitely more of like a, a hard cut sci-fi game. Also, it does kind of look like a first-person shooter with Prime. Yeah, 
if they go the prime <laughs> direction with with whatever they release, I think that that would be a turnoff for the Japanese market, just because they still are really sort of like reluctant to play first person shooters for whatever reason. I mean, there are those you know Japanese people who do love it, but it's fine. The They're time, gonna go over the shoulder third person camera. It'll be like Dead Space meets the new uh, the new Laura Croft games. It'll be great, dude. I'd be okay <laughs> with that. That would be sweet. Yeah, I I think it'd be wonderful. That sounds great. I haven't. It'd be more about the puzzle like movements that. and stuff that you had from the classic uh, Metroidvania style, I guess, as it was coined. So, imagine that, like a you know, jumping around planets, like being able to hop in your ship, going from planet to planet, or something like that. That would be sweet. You know, even if you're just in one little solar system. So you're saying Mass Effect just better? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> on a on a portable. <laughs> an engine where we can actually see the emotion on people's faces. Yeah. As long as they don't, as long as they don't do what they did and release it as early access, we'll be okay. Yeah, just Samus will keep her helmet on and she won't. Yeah. Her eyes won't pop out. Oh no! <laughs> God, that game is terrifying on accident. <laughs> yeah, but one more thing though about the E3 uh -huh. yep. um, is uh, I, I really do feel like we're gonna hear a lot from uh, Ubisoft coming in. Mm -hmm as far as like okay. switch support i definitely think we're going to see the new assassin's creed coming yep. to the switch apparently whatever that's, that's going to happen Assassin's Creed's supposed to be like a big like blockbuster thing for scorpio apparently it's supposed to be a big jump off point for scorpio is this assassin's creed game oh are they doing some sort of like what like the jump off for thing? the original release of xbox one that ended horribly <laughs> well, i assume i assume it's because it's going to be the only one out of all of them including the playstation 4 pro that does a native 4k at 60 frames i assume that's what they're trying to get at oh okay yeah, I, that's what I assume anyway. Um, this person was asking Persona 5 for the Switch. Uh, no, unfortunately, Atlas has said that it's only going to stay with the PlayStation right now for Persona. Um, and really, Persona sold 1.5 million, so they really don't have any... N there's nothing pushing them to go put it on another system because we all bought it on the PlayStation. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I could see uh, other games going to um, the Switch that are more Japanese RPG, or especially since... Um, who you call it? Uh, Square said that they're going to support the Switch over the Xbox. Yeah, I was so, really, yeah. really surprised. I was surprised when I heard heard about it, but then when I thought about it and realized who their market was, you know what I mean? Like pr their primary market, then I, it made a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Obviously, they want to appease their audience. You know, they have a really big Japanese fan base. They're a Japanese company. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, in the Japanese market, like we talked about earlier, is really into the Switch right now. You know, they're very much mobile, handheld-based and they want to make games that they know will sell over there. And I think it's a fantastic idea. I, I think we'll still see some Square games coming to the Xbox. They're not going to completely abandon it, obviously. But, um, you know, their primary focus is the Switch right now, and I think that that's what the Switch needs. They need developers saying, yeah, we're on your side, or we're, you know, we're supporting you. And Square is, like, the perfect way to start that, build, rekindle that beautiful relationship they once had, Nintendo and Square, you know? So I keep I keep seeing this pop up in the chat also, and yes, this game could run on the Switch, and uh, that's because it runs on Unreal Engine four as well, and that's that's Kingdom Hearts three. Oh yes, Please. yes, it, yes, it, it could run on the Switch. <laughs> people are asking if yes, it could run on the Switch. It's running Unreal Engine four. It's scalable. Yes, they they may have to change resolution or 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 effects, but yes, it could run on the Switch. Um, I don't know what Final Fantasy seven remake runs on. Um, if it is also Unreal Engine four, yes, it could run on the Switch. Pretty much any games you see that are Unreal Engine 4, they can run on the Switch. Right. Right. I remember hearing something about um, the developers of Final Fantasy uh, 15 talking about possibly bringing that to the Switch. And they said something about 
it being possible, but it would be such a downgrade technically to like the graphics and the environment that they almost wouldn't be inclined to do it. You know, like it wouldn't be good for that game. Well, with uh, with as much respect to the developers for Final Fantasy 15, that game was developed and optimized uh, like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> completely uh, truthful about that. It is not a well-optimized game. Um, I don't think it would run well on the Switch at all, but I, I think that is more developers than anything else. I, I do think... Um, other games, if they decide to go forward with the Final Fantasy series, I hope they pick something like an Unreal Engine uh, to run Final Fantasy because I think it would do a good job with it. Yeah, especially with the new combat system that they've implemented. I think it would yeah. be perfect. Yeah, So, uh, but they like to use their specific engine that they make, and that's fine. But they definitely did not come out with Final Fantasy XV um, thinking about the Switch at all. So <laughs> that's, yeah. I think that's pretty obvious on their end. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, when did they start developing Final Fantasy 15? <laughs> well, it started out as what, Final Fantasy Versus 13 or something like that? I think I was in high school. <laughs> well, to, be fair, to be fair, Kingdom Hearts 2 came out in 2005. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> the 360 came out, I think, around that time when it when that was out. Yeah, we've been through an, an entire console generation yep. before yep. that game. <laughs> yeah. And it's still it's still a couple of years away. Or at least a year, if not two, right? Yes, yeah. It's it's E three maybe. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be something that would I think set fans off at the Switch at the Nintendo um, conference would be if if uh, Kingdom Hearts three popped up randomly. Oh my so, god! Yeah, that would be that insane. Would be one. That would be a good one. Um, let's see anything else in the chat. I see ukulele. Are you guys getting ukulele? Uh yeah, I'm gonna get it definitely. I'm probably gonna get it eventually. Yeah, because it's coming to the PC as well, so you could also get it, Evan. I will be getting it. I need to figure out what system I'm getting it on. I assume PS4 because it won't be on the Switch right away, from what I could tell. Yeah, I'm going to sit on the Switch version, wait for that. Yeah, so I guess I'll pick it up on the 4 um, or the PC. I don't know. I'm torn. Maybe I'll just get it on the PS4 because I'm sure you'll end up getting it on the PC eventually, Evan, and I want to see how the patch works on the PS4 Pro. Um, yes, I know this person at the top is saying that, yes, uh, Takashi did tweet secret uh, top secret mission starts now and had a picture of the switch. This, of course, is um, one of the masterminds behind Chrono Trigger, which tells me that Chrono Trigger is probably being ported to the switch in some way. Um, if it's a full remake or if it's just them doing what they did with, for example, Secret of Mana. Uh, either one's fine. Again, Chrono Trigger is a great game, and if they do end up taking it, putting it with like good visuals of ten, you know, 1080p dock mode, 720p handheld mode, it's a great game. I just hope they wouldn't sell it for more than 20 bucks, for example. But um, or if they did a physical release, they could get away with that. Do a physical release with like a nice manual and everything. I would probably pay 30 bucks for that if they did that. They, if they were smart, they would do that, and I think that they will do that if they re, if they put out Chrono Trigger because that would be amazing. Like uh, people are in, going insane for physical releases right now, especially <laughs> on the Switch. You know, so seeing that would go, you know, would be awesome. Oh, this is a good this is a good one in the chat too. I, I talked about this um in a video. Okay, so <laughs> Sega, Evan, did you see the Bayonetta um game that came out on the on Steam? I saw it pop up. Okay. Did you check out any of the achievements or anything in that game? No. Okay. So the achievements form a picture of Bayonetta uh, uh, facing the other way, obviously, because that's how they, they present that character. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's what sells. Yes, I know. Um, anyway, if you look on her ribbon from her hair, it has a, a URL, and the URL takes you to a countdown clock. 
and it is set for the 11th of uh, April. So it is set for another three days. And I think what everyone thinks is going to happen is two things. One, Bayonetta is finally coming to the PC. Or two, Bayonetta 3 is coming out. Huh. Well, if the game that you're getting this from comes from PC, then it's most likely just going to be a PC release of possibly 1 and 2 as a bundle deal. Yes. Um, and that would be... I mean, the first Bayonetta it was great and all, but man, it would look really good on a computer that's like really just, you know rolling along with like 4k or 60 frames that is a game that needs fluid frame rate and i think would do really well on the computer uh especially if it's the first see that's the thing though the second one probably wouldn't go to the computer unless there was some rights or something that was changed hands because as far as i could tell i thought nintendo had their hand in that well then if they're just releasing the first one it's gonna have to come with a bunch of extra stuff i mean we're at we're past that threshold where people on pc might not care and for the amount of work that the company would have to put in to port it, I guess, to make it like smoother and everything for a mm -hmm. computer release, like it's not going to be worth it unless it's like a really good deal with a ton of stuff going on. Or maybe they're just going to announce the third one, and then the third one's going to be on PC as well as other consoles to further make us wonder what the hell's going on. Like when Bayonetta two came out on Wii U exclusive, that one time we were like, well, no one got to play the first, so you had to buy it as the original bundle so you could get one and two but then they re-released it after it sold out but only sold two so you couldn't play one unless you, it was just really awkward and i guess if they wanted to stay in the same vein as that they would release three on pc only and just blow everything up yeah <laughs> but that's uh that's what I, I do think it's it has to be a bayonetta the first one to the pc i assume anyway april 11th uh, everyone's talking about dragon quest 11 getting its release date uh, I hope it re releases in parity, Japan and the United States, or at least the West at the same time. It probably will come out in Japan first, though, because the, the dialogue is being done in Japanese and then obviously translated to English. Um, and uh, let's see, I think that's everything. Oh, Injustice 2. Um, that's kind of up to uh, Ed Boon and their team. I know he's a he's a big Nintendo fan. He's been doing this weird thing where he, he likes to troll fan bases. He releases a picture of the Switch for St. Patrick's Day in all green. Uh, um, almost like it's on his mind. Like, oh, why would the Switch be on your mind? Oh, it's because you're doing Injustice 2 for the Switch. Injustice 2, yes, that could run on the Switch um, if they wanted it to. But the question really comes down to Nintendo agreeing with them, with WB and licensing and everything, and if they come to an agreement. Um, because I, I'm not really sure what the problem is between Nintendo and companies, larger companies, I should say. They like indie companies, but when it comes to larger companies, something about Nintendo working with them doesn't seem to mix well. Um, I, I don't know what it is. It's been that way for a while. Injustice, at least, came out on the Wii U, so I do think there is already a relationship there. Um, if they were going to put Injustice 2 on the Switch, they probably would have already announced it by now since it's coming in May. Yeah, yeah, that's way too soon for it to just be, you know, randomly announced like that, like a ghost release. Um, but uh, it could come out later, you know what I mean? Like, they, they could be porting it at a later date, maybe in the holiday, maybe sometime in towards the end of summer. Oh, um, yeah. So I'd love to see that game come there. I think it, it would do great on the Switch. I think it would play great on the Switch. Um, especially, like, something like, you know, with the Joy-Cons and stuff like that. It's mm -hmm. great, so... Very good, very good. I think uh, think that's going to do it for today. I think we hit our one-hour mark, so I think we're going to wrap it up here. We'll probably do more of these live shows. This was actually a lot of fun, especially looking at the, the audience chat and everything. 
think that was a lot of fun. So we'll probably do more of these as we go along. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, everybody, for, for coming in. It was fun hanging out with you guys. Oh, this person this person has asked this a lot. Uh, they wanted me to comment on Battle Princess Madeline. If you guys have not seen this, it's kind of like a Super Ghouls and Ghosts style 2D game. I did a whole news wave on it, <laughs> so I don't know if they missed that, but I've already talked about it news wave. It looks good. It's um, it, it's okay. So the interesting thing is here, a guy and his daughter, she wanted to make a game and she wanted to make ghoul, uh, uh, ghouls and ghosts or whatever. And he decided since he, he's a programmer, he can do it. He takes her ideas that she draws down that are like artwork and then turns them into enemies, level design items that you get armor. And it's a really cool idea. It's on Kickstarter. So you can kickstart it. He is bringing it to the switch from what I can tell. Um, I think they had to meet a certain goal and I think they, they met it or they're about to. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people are trying to push that there, but it's a cool game. If you like those kind of those 2d side scrolling, very difficult games, um, you would like it. it. It's very, very art, uh, very artful and everything. It looks very good. I spiel on battle princess Madeline. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> So I would check that out, though, Philip, if you have not. Uh, it has a Kickstarter page. Just take a look at it and see what the um, ha- how that uh, gameplay plays and see if that appeals to you. Yeah, definitely. It sounds awesome. It sounds Actually, good. I would check it out. I would check it out. Uh, Evan, I would check it out if I was you also because it, uh, it's also going to the PC, I believe, too. I'll take a look at it. I mean, those games are kind of fun, but, yeah. like, I don't know. Never so. really, They never really held me. Okay, that's going to do it then. I think we, we made it past our hour. Um, no, YouTube has not died. Um, just channels that uh, I guess they deemed inappropriate have been uh, struck down. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, that's going to do it. Um, uh, Philip, where can they find you? Uh, you guys can find me at, on Twitter as at Philip Mewson, um, or you can find me on YouTube. You just look up YouTube or check the description of this video. <laughs> yep. And Evan, where can they uh, where can they find you? Where do you want to point them? Well, I mean, I'll be working a little bit more with you with Spawn Wave to try to keep it moving forward. But other than that, we've got Kimrick's project. If you're kind of more into art stuff, so you know, separate audience. But I am starting up a gigantic channel at Kimrick's Games on YouTube, so I can keep that separate. Or you can just follow me on Twitter at Kimrick's Project. Very cool, very cool. And are you going to do more of your vlog up to, updates on there too? The uh, which one for the art one? Yeah, yeah, your art one. Yeah, where you talk about uh, conventions you're going to and everything. Occasionally, yeah. I'm trying to get a better camera to record, and I'm trying to go to a good convention. I've only been to one so far mm-hmm. this year, and it was the one you were at so far. And I got one more. I'm going to try and get two that I know of, but. Mm just planning because i know there's one this weekend that i want to avoid since the last time i went to it they kind of threw me in a corner with some really weird people and like nice. no one came into that room at all <laughs> oh, so man. i don't even i don't want to touch like that one but i'm still looking around cool man. yeah it sounds good so i guess that'll do it for uh spawn cast wait before nice. we go, oh, go ahead. yep yeah just wanted to shamelessly plug i am doing a giveaway on my channel i'm actually giving away a nintendo switch so if you guys are interested in winning that um winning a switch come check out my channel um it's basically on like it's linked to every in every video you can <laughs> just find it there in the description um so once the channel hits fifty thousand subscribers i'll be giving away the switch to one of my subscribers um yeah thanks and that's that's an entire that's an entire uh switch the whole thing 
Yeah, it's, it's an, an entire, empty box that says Nintendo Switch. Switch. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, one and a half Joy-Cons? No. Yeah. I'm, actually, uh, I'm actually working on possibly sweetening up the deal. Um, oh. Maybe throwing in the game, some accessories. Oh. So stay tuned for that. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. All right, cool. So just got to give them to 50,000 subscribers and I'll give away a Switch. Wait, yeah. did, didn't, you already, didn't you already give away a Switch? I did, yeah. I, I gave one away at 20,000 and um, that was a huge success. So I thought, why not do another one? You know, man, it's just it's just rain and switches over on Philip's channel. <laughs> Let's keep the love going. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. Hopefully, hopefully it happens soon so you can spend another three hundred dollars on somebody. <laughs> yes. Hey, man. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, though. Very good. So I guess that will do it then for Spawncast. Um, that's uh, what's that? April eighth today, then? Yeah, April eighth. Very good. So for all of us here at Spawnwave and Philip, of course. That's going to do it for today. We will see you guys next time.